Welcome to a special edition of Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community. Muse is 40 years old and we celebrate by visiting with those members who have participated and led the organization over the years. Enjoy these memories. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I'm pleased to welcome a guest that is helping us celebrate 40 years of Muse. Join me as we talk to Martha Sullivan and learn about her experience with Muse. Martha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right, Martha. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first got involved with Muse. Well, I was working at a hospital in Cynthiana, Kentucky, one that I've had a 43-year career with. And we had just implemented Meditech and about 19, went live mid-1994. So in 1996, I learned about, at that time, we had regions, regional conferences and a user group. And I learned about that. And I headed up to Indianapolis and uh, attended my first meeting. Very interesting. Met a lot of nice, really good people. And the funny part was that I met a gentleman by the name of Bob Becker, who came up to me and said, hey, would you be interested in volunteering some? And I (laughs) said, well, sure. Let me give that some thought. And this was like a two and a half day conference. And so the next day, in the middle of the closing exercise, he says, we'd like to welcome Martha Sullivan as our next secretary. (laughs) Well, I said, okay, I guess I'm in. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I didn't really know that that's what I was signing up for, but that's how it really all began was with that. And and from there, I was the secretary for several years and then became the regional director for Region 3. And it just kind of morphed on from there. Awesome. And did you serve on the international board once it moved to one board as well? Or I did. What happened was we actually then tried actually combining some regions because we were needing some bigger membership. So I helped host a Region 3-4 actually here in our state, Louisville. And then from there, the international board decided to have directors for those regions on the international board side. And so I ran for that and did become a Region 3-4 director and ran out my term, became secretary of the international. And then I was certainly surprised and blessed to be able to become a chair of the international news. I believe it was in 2009. Okay, great. Great. So I'm sure you have lots of memories from 94 through through 2009 and beyond. So share with us any kind of Muse memories that stick out to you, whether a conference you attended or, you know, people you've met along the way, whatever you think would be interesting. Well, I think there was just so many things. It was just such a, you know, I was clear privileged and I say that I am older and I was privileged to see Muse really just start moving. Kind of like I always say the computers in my era was like it went from the uh, horse and buggy way on up to the Cadillacs, you know, and it was the same way with news. We didn't even have an international and internet presence and we didn't even have a website or any of those things. It was just very, very, very rough to do much with the internet. And so, and Alan had not been, our CEO of Muse had not been hired at that point. So just once things started moving in that direction, I will tell you that one of my favorite things is when we really got our website going. That was just a really big highlight to me because it offered me more than just having to go to a meeting. And that has just blossomed and evolved. Just I just can't even tell you. You know, there were lots of conferences that were so interesting with either just the content of the meetings to our guest speakers. I got to listen to Danny Glover. That was pretty neat to me. And there was just lots of just Patch Adams. There are just so many memories with that, along with the the great people that we worked with. I think 
few what I me. Mean, one of the favorite things I think I would share too is I don't know if this is the right time, but with sure. the new users group. That was when we started that, TJ, I remember that there would be times I'd only have one or two people in the room for that. People just yep. didn't come to that. But as time evolved, we couldn't get enough chairs to seat enough people in that. They were just so excited to be there. And that and that's what I remember is is just how excited I was my first conference. And that was so great to, to continue to see that. And that's only because of the leadership and the folks that really worked to design those conferences. And and to think today we don't, you know, the money's tight. It, it's back, it was tight when I first started. It's now gotten since COVID has gotten really firmed up and hospitals are having a hard time. But with that web presence. My goodness, we can do a lot of things with that and remote and learning and talking to each other. It is just amazing to me. Yeah, very well said. That's that's some some great memories there. So kind of hypothetical question for you, Martha, is, you know, what would uh, Meditech landscape look like or what would your career look like if Muse wouldn't have existed? Oh, my goodness. I have thought so much about that for us as a small, at the time we were a small and still are 68 bed hospital. So very rural, very small, very limited staff. So the biggest thing, and this is what I'd always tell all the new users, was that that Muse was my silent FTE. In other words, they were an extension of my staff in my office. We would have gotten by. We always do. We're resilient to do what we need to do, but it made it so much easier. We actually would get users from other hospitals that would, with permission of their hospitals, come down and actually moonlight for us. And I remember centralized scheduling. They'd done it in their facility. We were up in two weeks. We would have never been up in two weeks if we've had to design that from scratch ourselves. So it, it was those type of things along with just the, the way it helped me to grow professionally I think that was another big plus, you know, just being able to, there were lots of mentors for me throughout the, the Muse organization. And, and that, that helped me because if you stay in your little cocoon in your own little hospital, you know, I, I think many times you will not grow as, as you need to grow as, an, as a professional in this business. So I, I don't even want to think about what I would, because we went from a homegrown system. This was our first vendor. Still is our vendor today, even though I'm not there. It's still our vendor. That's just amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I echo a lot of those same sentiments. So that's really well said. So you mentioned you're not with the hospital anymore. What are you doing now? Well, I tried retirement for a very short stint, (laughs) but for for the last two and a half years, I've actually been working for a consulting group. We do some work with state agencies along the HIE, along the same types of things I worked at as a customer of HIE. I'm now helping other clients actually grow their HIE footprint. So oh, that's great. been pretty good. Yeah, that's that's got to be interesting. That's an important area right now with all the data exchange requirements and everything. So I'm sure that's keeping you very busy. <laughs> it is. But I'm enjoying it. I'm fortunate to say I've always worked for a great employer and I've always enjoyed working. That's great. That's great. So Martha, as we kind of wrap up here, do you have any best wishes or advice as Muse goes into their 41st year? You know, I thought a lot about that too. You know, I have been with Muse in my career almost 30 of those 40 years. 
So that's a long time. I've seen a lot of things change, but I think what I would say to Muse is fantastic job. My goodness, Muse has never lost sight of its mission and its vision to grow us professionally and to collaborate amongst each other on the tools we need to use every day in what is a very fast changing healthcare landscape. And I just know that they will continue on for the next 50, 60, on into the future. <laughs> and it won't look like it does today. And that's that it shouldn't as things are changing. But that's great right. job to the leadership and to the membership. And I wish them nothing but success. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. And thanks for your volunteering over these many years. And wish you best of luck on your new venture. And maybe your second retirement will stick. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. Thanks, TJ. See ya. (laughs) Thank you. Great Muse memories. You can enjoy this next interview, too. Today, I'm pleased to welcome a guest that is helping us celebrate 40 years of Muse. Join me as we talk to Steve Priest and learn about his experiences with Muse. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, TJ. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first became involved with Muse. Okay, well, I should start with my education, I guess. I went to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, Mass. I was an industrial engineer. After graduating from there, I started to work for General Electric. And in the middle of working there, after six months, Uncle Sam invited me into the U.S. Army. Wow. So I went into the Army mm-hmm. for three years. And while I was there, I got married to my wonderful bride, Catherine. And we went to Germany, the compliments of Uncle Sam. (laughs) And after the service, I wanted to go to graduate school. So I uh, applied to the University of Rhode Island in Wakefield, Rhode Island. And I graduated with a master's degree in operations research. And as part of that process of going to graduate school, I was a research assistant at Rhode Island Hospital, and that's how I really got involved with healthcare. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm an engineer, and at first I said to myself, well, I didn't want to be a doctor or a nurse or whatever, mm-hmm. but at that time, Kathy and I had our oldest son now, Sean, and in the Rhode Island Hospital offered me a very good research assistantship. They had a multiphasic screening center, which is a battery of medical tests that they put a patient through in hopes of screening out issues for a patient and then providing a physician with a whole big report on the health of the patient, such as lab tests, cardiology tests, x-ray tests, those types of things. And I ended up doing my thesis on the Achilles tendon as an indication of thyroid function. And every time I tell people that, they smile. They say, well, you're an engineer. Well, we took over 2,000 patients and put them through this battery of medical tests. And then I did a correlation between a lab test called the T4 test and another test they were developing, a brand new test called the half relaxation time. And so that's how I was able to come up with my thesis the half relaxation time as an indication of thyroid function. Wow. And from there, that process, when I graduated, 
I applied a few places for a job, and one of the places was the Brockton Hospital in Brockton, Massachusetts. They were just starting to get involved with computers, and they had punch cards. That's what they were. Actually, they had the electric board that went into a machine, and from there they were transferring to punch cards. So I was brought in, and I was the information systems department. Mm -hmm. And from there, initially, I was involved with a company called NCR, and NCR had hardware that they sold, and you had to provide your own software. While I was fortunate to be involved in a user group for NCR, and they helped me tremendously on the verbiage and communicating in the healthcare field. At that time, as far as information systems, there were no real clinical applications out there. Right. Most of the hospitals had financial applications. Mm-hmm. Meditech had the lab application at that time, and it was yeah. good, but that was it. Mm-hmm. So going through an, an evaluation process when Brockton Hospital was ready to get involved with clinical systems, we went through a selection process, and Meditech came out on top. And I started to use it and involved in the implementation of the whole battery of Meditech applications. Mm-hmm. Doing that process, I was really learning healthcare, and so I, I started with a few state organizations, and I met an individual named of Bill Scarry. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Bill's Scary and myself are the grandparents of Muse, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Bill and I began to realize that we had common issues in implementing healthcare applications. And so we would meet after this organization that we had belonged to and would have a cup of coffee and, and talk about our healthcare issues. And from that point on, we were able to solve a lot of issues that within our own organization and a few other folks that had Meditech, Tom Drapel, another one was John Hefty, and another one was John Kilroy. We asked them if they wanted to join us in some of the meetings that Bill and I were having and talking <laughs> about how we used the Meditech applications. Well, so the, so the five of us started a group we call Muse. Well, mm-hmm. it, it actually was called the Meditech user group at that point in time. Mm, right. It wasn't too after that that we got to Muse. And it, it was sort of interesting how this group, some of the problems that we solved. As I was looking at some applications and visiting hospitals, such as the, for the medical records application and for the registration application, I would go to, to one hospital that was using Meditech, and they loved it. And it was great for them. I would go to another hospital, and I always have to laugh at this. I would talk to somebody from the registration part department, and they loved the Meditech application. Then I would go to the medical records department, and they would hate it. <laughs> and I couldn't figure that out. Why in the one hospital mm-hmm. were they satisfied with Meditech, and the other one, they were not? In the application, as I got involved uh, with this particular hospital between the registration and 
medical records. I said to the medical records, Prisma, what's the problem? And she says, we're getting all these errors come to our department and we have to correct them. I says, but a lot of those errors are input by the registration department. Why don't you talk to them? <laughs> she said, I don't talk to them. We don't talk to each other. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that. And so that was one of the, that I, I found out it wasn't the software. It wasn't the vendor. It was people communicating with each other. Yeah. And that worked very, very well. So all <laughs> this came about because of the Meditech user group as we talked to each other and began to solve our own problems. So, and over the course of time, when I was at an Island Hospital, I got involved with some physicians that are on a publish or perish mode. So I started writing a lot of articles on the applications that we put in for Brockton Hospital. And one of the interesting things that I found, Steve Priest isn't the expert in lab or pharmacy or registration or medical records. Steve Priest has to work with these people. Right. So whenever we put an application in and it was successful, I would write an article about it and I would get it published. Mm-hmm. And the article wouldn't be by Steve Priest by himself. It would be with the medical records director, with the head of laboratory. So I got the end users in, involved with everything that I did to spread the credit out for the success of the applications. So when it came time to make changes, most of these people were very willing to work with the computer systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's so cool how you shared kind of the the genesis of Muse or the Meditech user group at that time, you know, starting off with just some people wanting to exchange ideas and get helps from other peers. And that's really the heart of the organization today. Obviously, it's grown with vendor involvement and, you know, bigger events and those sort of things. But that's still really the heart of Muse. And when you ask people about Muse, that's one of the first things they say is building those relationships and sharing that information back and forth. So it's very cool right. to hear how that got started. Right, right. One of the other interesting things is one of the articles that I wrote, I was taken and evaluated by a group called Modern Healthcare Magazine, who evaluated different hospitals in the use of information systems. Mm-hmm. And the Brockton Hospital System received a top award for one of the most integrated, smaller hospitals in the United States. Well, wow. And that was all of the Meditech applications. So it was very successful using Meditech and through communicating with peers and other organizations that we're using it and sharing ideas, helping each other. Mm-hmm. That's great. So did you get to stay involved with Muse as it kind of grew and you know had its regions and the international conference and that sort of thing? I did, yes. But I was at Brockton Hospital for about 20 years. So okay. in the last 15 years, we had Meditech and and when we first started, again, it was Bill and myself having coffee. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of times later after that, we invited the two Johns and Tom in. <laughs> yeah. And then we decided to have a conference with, with all of the Meditech users in New England. Mm-hmm. So we sent out invitations and lo and behold, there was an interest. <laughs> and so we started a half day. And we did that for a couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And 
Then we decided we should have an overnight. And we had an overnight conference and that outworked very well with all of the users participating with their presentations on applications and issues. Mm -hmm. Meditech were most helpful with the speakers and things like that also. So Meditech was actually involved kind of from the first conferences? Oh, the first major conference. Mm -hmm. Initially, right. it was the end users. Right, right. Starting out till we had enough people that all of a sudden we became a user group, you know? Sure, yeah. Very interesting. So I assume you're still not in the healthcare business. I mean, judging from the information you sent me, it looks like you've lead a pretty exciting life and looks like you're retired for the most part. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, I write outdoor books now. I've mm -hmm. written 10 of them on my outdoor adventures. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, one of my sons, Tim, is my partner in almost all of the adventures. And by adventures, I mean hiking the Knife Edge Trail up in Maine, which is the most dangerous hiking trail in New England. We went to the Allagash Waterway, 100-mile trips. And I got involved with running also. Mm -hmm. So I started doing marathons. I've run the Boston Marathon three times. And Oh, wow. I think that all of that stuff has helped the professional development because it gave me a different perspective on things and solving issues when I'm doing long distance yeah. writing. Cool. In fact, at one of the Meditech user group meetings, I started a 5K run in the morning. I wasn't sure if this <laughs> thing was going to work or not. So we've had mm -hmm. an overnight meeting mm -hmm. and I sent out a notice that... If you wanted to walk or if you wanted to run, but we were going to meet at 7 a.m. right outside the hotel where we were staying at. Mm. And lo and behold, the first time we had about 10 people show up. <laughs> well, and I gave them all t shirts. So <laughs> the next meeting, 20 people showed up mm -hmm. because of the t shirts, I think. But anyway, <laughs> so. Wow, very cool. Maybe that's something Alan should consider bringing back is a morning run. <laughs> it's great it, yeah. it is uh it is wonderful you know <laughs> so as we kind of wrap up here do you have any best wishes for muse as they head into their 41st year muse was no doubt critical in the professional success that i had yeah. communicating with my peers chief information officers do not always have the answers yeah. But if you go to the end user and say, what do you think? What do you think we should do? This is my issue. Mm -hmm. One of the things I also did as a professional was to have my staff attend to monthly conferences of some of the individual departments, such as the lab mm -hmm. and the radiology departments to get to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the Muse is a fantastic communication device. It's mm -hmm. well worth attending. There was not one conference I had been to that I didn't come back to my office with something of value. Definitely. So it's very, very good. So I wish them the best in their 40th. Yeah. As I was putting this together and thinking of some ideas, I talked to my son, Sean. He said, Dad, remember they were going to present you something at the 25th anniversary, but you mm. couldn't go. I <laughs> accepted it for you, <laughs> whatever it was. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was very, very special. I also got to speak at the 20th conference. They invited mm. me out at the 20th conference. Great. So the Muse Group has been critical in my professional 
life. So best of luck and continue success. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking time to visit with me today. And obviously, thank you for forming Muse. I mean, my goodness, we wouldn't be here talking if it wasn't for you and Bill sitting down to have some coffee. So that's very cool that we get to, to speak to you about that. And you should be very proud that something you all started is still going on 41 years later and has grown and has helped many of probably countless hospitals and, and Meditech as a company, is sure. So thank you so much. Thank you, TJ, very much. I appreciate the opportunity to share my views. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.